Welcome to Season 3 of Breaking Free. I'm Rania Kurdi, a confidence life coach, comedian and mother of two. I invite you to join me bi-weekly for confidence tips and interesting chats with my guests who either work in fields that help develop confidence or who have had a personal story to share about their journey of breaking free and living with more confidence and purpose. Welcome back. My guest today is Natasha Qaryab. She's a mother, serial entrepreneur, a transformation coach and hypnotherapist living in Jordan, who was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and was treated with cortisone and neurotin for years until she found a way to reverse her paralysis with rapid transformational therapy, RTT. Her mission in life is to inspire, teach and motivate people to take control of their life and their health and their business, just like she did. And she believes that everything is fixable and figureoutable and has created an amazing 10-step program which she shares on Breaking Free near the end of the episode. So let's meet Natasha. Welcome to the podcast, Natasha. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be having this chat with you today. I mean, your story is really inspiring and um, I'd love for the listeners to hear it because you've been through a very challenging journey to reach where you are now and be in a position where you're helping other people overcome their challenges. Can you take the listeners back to how life was for you before you were struck with paralysis for the first time? And what path were you on then? And how did it all change for you? So in 2002, I was at university and suddenly my eyesight went. So it was like, so I lost 75% of my eyesight. It was like somebody had placed a veil in front of my face and 75% was just gone. It was white. And then I could see out of a quarter of it. And it didn't matter which eye was open it was that was all I could see. Wow, that's really scary, because you don't actually know why that's happening. And it just came on like that. It came on suddenly. Yeah, it just came on suddenly. And we did MRIs. And there was one lesion on the optic nerve. And the doctors thought it was a tumor. And they basically told my parents that I was dying. And I was put in a hospital and I was given cortisone because that's the only thing you give to somebody if you don't know what they've got. And they did a spinal tap. They were testing. They wanted to test for MS. But then the the lab at the hospital lost one of the vials so they couldn't confirm the diagnosis. And this was in 2002. And then... Oh, my God. Where was this? So this was in Alman, Jordan. And then... Um, after cortisone, my eyesight eventually came back again, and that was great. But then in 2006, I had another flare-up, and this time uh, I was numb. Like from the waist down, I was very numb. I couldn't feel anything. I could still walk because I knew how to do it, but if my shoe fell off or if I stepped on something sharp, I wouldn't feel it. So flare-ups are different each time. So it's not going to always be eyesight or numbness. It could differ and you just have to guess that it's all related. Or at this stage, you didn't know it was related, did you? I had no idea. 
It was in 2006 that it was finally confirmed. They finally decided it was MS. But the the symptoms can really be a very interesting mix of things. So I've lost my eyesight a few times. Um, I lose balance. I used to lose sensation as well. Uh, lost taste. Uh, there's a lot of different things. The taste one was actually quite shocking because when everything loses its taste, you wouldn't think that was would be a big thing if somebody said, oh, I've lost taste. You'd be like, oh, you know, not a big deal. But when everything tastes like cardboard, it really is. Like, it doesn't matter what you're eating. It all tastes mm. the same and it all doesn't taste very nice. So that, that one was actually one of the most disturbing ones, even more than the paralysis for me. I don't know why, wow. but it really, it took the joy out of life for some reason. Like it just... Yes, yeah. I think food is a real joy in life that we take for granted and don't realise how much joy it gives. And yeah. that taken away, that's quite shocking to realise that that's worse than having paralysis. Because with paralysis, if you're sitting down, mm. you, you won't feel it, really. You're sitting down, that's it. You're, mm. You don't have to move, you can forget but with taste, every cup of tea, every glass of something you drink, every morsel of food that you eat all tastes the same. And it's a continuous reminder that something's not okay. There's no stop. So it's like you can experience all these different um, disabilities, like you've been able to put yourself in other people's shoes and feel what it's like to be blind, feel what it's like to be paralyzed, to not have taste. It's very humbling to feel that. And it also reminds us of how many amazing gifts that we have got every single day that we take for granted to be able to walk, to be able to move, to be able to see, to be able to taste, to be able to to balance. Because at one point I was banging into everything. I couldn't stand upright. I would walk through the corridor and have my arms on both sides of the wall to keep me steady. My legs were bruised because I was banging into furniture. I was banging into all sorts, like my knees, my hips, everything. So um, in 2002, the eyesight disappeared. In 2006, I had another one where I was um, numb. And again, cortisone was given. And every single time I was given cortisone, and eventually it would come back. And finally, like, after years and years of this, I started to self-medicate. So when something would go wrong, I knew straight away that I would need cortisone. In the beginning, every time something went wrong, I'd go and do an MRI and the doctor would again prescribe cortisone. But by the time I'd got to about 2011, so I'd already had my son, I'd had multiple flare-ups, I had a really bad flare-up when I was in the UK and I was completely numb from the waist down and extremely depressed as well and I, I'd gone to get treatment and the doctor at the NHS said that they could only prescribe oral steroids because as long as I could swallow then they weren't going to give me IV steroids even though I was like, this is what works. This is how I fix this. It was like, I'm sorry, if you can swallow, then this is what we're allowed to prescribe. So I was on um, oral steroids for quite a while. I think I was on it for about, I don't know, 
a couple of weeks and nothing changed. And that's when I was like, right, then I need to go back to Jordan because that is where I can get my IV steroids. And my mom used to be the director of nursing at one of the hospitals. So I really just went from the airport straight to the hospital, explained, went to the emergency room, explained what was going on. And they gave me the steroids that I needed. And so I did the five days of IV steroids. So five grams, I do a gram a day. And that's a lot of steroids. It really does um, have some really nasty side effects. Like when you come off it, like for the five days where I was on steroids, I'd have a weird taste in my mouth. But I'd be excited because I knew that this is what my body needed to fix. But when you get off the steroids, the 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 withdrawal from that is awful. Like I would get spots all over my face, all over my the back of my head, my my body. I would have terrible aches and pains where it would be uncomfortable to even lie down. Like that's how painful the body was. And this would usually last about five days to a week after the last injection. And but I knew that was the only way that I would get better. So that's what I did. And how did you make that brave choice to just carry on with your life and have a child when you had the risk of the paralysis and flare ups and all sorts of things? I didn't know about the paralysis yet mm. because up until then I had never been paralyzed. My first paralysis was in 2017 while I was on a trip to Turkey. And with MS, there's something about pregnancy hormones that subdues the illness. So pregnancy is great if you, you're suffering from MS because it will keep what's going on at bay. So, and my doctor, I had such a lovely doctor. Um, and because the first time I went to him was in 2002 and they didn't... Um, they didn't confirm the diagnosis and all he said was you're young you're fine get out of my office go back to university graduate get a job fall in love get married have children you're going to be just fine and I I honestly think that because he said that to me my whole life changed if he had mm. said you're sick you should sit at home and not do anything I probably would have listen to him he would have planted a seed anyway because everything we say plants seeds into our subconscious mind so the fact that he said get out of my office and go live your life mm. gave me like the permission to go off and do that like the doctor said i can do this so i will so you started to self-medicate then how did you even figure out how to self-medicate and what to do what were you doing at this point natasha i mean you weren't in the field that you are in now with the knowledge that you know now. So what were you doing then before everything changed? So before that, I I was doing, I was in Dubai and I was organizing events for the Dubai Shopping Festival, the Dubai Summer Surprises, Aid in Dubai. I worked for the Dubai Shopping Festival office. So it was a branch of the Dubai government where they brought entertainment and uh, edutainment to Dubai. And it was a really fun, enjoyable job. I was also hosting live events and doing voiceovers. And then I had my little boy and then I moved to the States and I started working in edutainment. 
And the company that I was working for eventually evolved into Language Learning Market, which is like Etsy and TripAdvisor for educational resources in all languages. I love that. So wherever your path took you, you would go. Yeah. Which is really following those infinite possibilities that are given to us rather than just, you know, having one aim and following that. So, so you self-medicating and figuring out a way to help you took you and led you on to a new path, which is the one you're on now. For me, it was it was an inconvenience. That's pretty much what it was. Mm. It was not going to stop my life. It was not going to change my life. It was not going to limit my life. It was when it happened, oh, I've lost my eyesight. Right. Okay. How do we fix this? Cortisone. Mm. Oh, um, my balance is really off. Um, I'm banging into things and I'm numb again. How do we fix this? Now, at this point, you didn't know the negative effects that the cortisone was doing that could be long term. And had you been warned about this? You know, how much did you know by now that multiple cirrhosis was a lifelong disease? Um, and it's condition, isn't it, that uh, affects yep. the brain and nerves? I didn't know because every time I started to look it up or Google it, it freaked me out. It completely terrified mm. me. Everything that I found online was all doom and gloom. And I thought, I just kept remembering what the doctor had said. And it was like, go out, live your life, do your thing. So mm. eventually it was getting expensive to keep going and getting MRIs done every single time. And I knew what needed to be done. So just did the cortisone, right? So that's pretty much the way I managed it. And then when I figured out how to reduce the side effects of the cortisone I thought that was it that's it that's my life so now the flare-ups are continuous and it's not as easy to handle and continue work as normal so what do you do well I just kept doing it like I did mm. not change anything I carried on doing the work that I do in 2016 I opened another company this time I went into sushi because I'd studied Japanese at university in addition to business and I thought, oh, let's combine the two. So I opened up a sushi company. Things are going well. All is good. I'm still getting the flare-ups, but I know that I just take the cortisone and then peter out the last dose so that the uh, side effects are less. And in 2017, when I was on a trip to Turkey, this time was the first time I had paralysis. And again, that didn't stop me. I was in Istanbul when it hit, but I carried on to Alachata, got the doctor there to administer the cortisone. Then I went from Alachata to Konya. And again, I managed to call ahead, tell the hotel that I was coming and that I needed a medical professional to administer cortisone. I'd got it with me, so they didn't need to provide it. I'd already bought it. All they needed was to get me the saline and give me a drip and so I had the nurse come to the ho the hotel that I was staying at at Konya and administer my final dose. And again, I carried on. I And then from Konya, I was going to see friends in Paris. So I went off and I did that. I was still paralyzed. They rented me a wheelchair and wheeled me around. My friend would take me to places and sit with me and be like, 
like if you just sit here nobody's going to know that there's anything wrong you're going to be fine so we we would just do that and but Natasha like it sounds like no matter what sort of symptom hit you you just went with it rather than panic did you know that these were all part of MS and you could just deal with it the same way and it was okay even though they were different kinds of flare-ups they seem to be more and more scary as time goes on it was either sit and be miserable or this is an inconvenience but it's not going to mess up my life and that's the way I looked at it I was like this is an inconvenience some people have toothache some people get paralysis but we carry on you're not going to stop your life because you've got toothache so why stop Mm. your life if you're paralyzed right I mean but you know that they're all linked to the MS you know about these symptoms that could possibly happen so the blindness you didn't know but then when other things happened did you just accept it as ah this is one of those things that I read on the list or would you go through the confusion that you first had when you lost sight I'd call my doctor and I'd be like this has happened and he'd be like, oh, yeah, that, that's, that's one of the symptoms of MS. And I waited, I think, maybe 10 days or so. And then finally, the sensation began coming back slowly. I could start moving my toes a little bit. And it, it returned. And I carried on doing the same thing until I ended up with some weird hypersensitivity down my right side. So I'd hold something with my right hand and it'd be hot. If I held it with my left hand, it was cold. And it was just like there was a complete disconnect. It was really strange. So the doctor gave me another kind of medication called Neurotin. He said that we weren't going to use cortisone to fix this one this time, that this would need something different. And this was a medication prescribed for people with epilepsy. And I took it and the symptoms improved. I got better. And then I stopped it and, of course, carried on doing my thing. And then a couple of, I think it was maybe two months later, the symptoms came back again. So now I know that my two friends are Neurotin and Cortisone. So I went to the pharmacy, bought my Neurotin, started taking it, hoping for the symptoms to improve. And as soon as I started taking it, they did begin improving a little bit. And I was really pleased with myself again. I've cracked the code. There's something out there to help me and I'm going to be able to continue doing the things that I'm doing because by now we're in 2018 and I'm, I've just started a brand new uh, sushi restaurant and I'm sitting one night on my laptop doing something for work and this notification popped up and it was talking about Neurotin and I'm like, oh, they're talking about my new best friend. So I click on the link and it says, this medication kills brain cells and stops the brain from regenerating. And it felt like the bottom fell out of my world. It really did. It felt like all of the, these things that I'm doing, all of the work that I'm doing, all of the advancement, all of the everything it is screwed. That's it. It's ruined. Like if I'm killing my brain and I'm stopping brain cells from regenerating, what kind of quality of life am I going to end up with? Even if I have the most successful companies and the most successful businesses and I can't think or I can't function and I can't do what I need to do I can't be there for my child I can't you know be with my family nothing like I'm it 
it turns me into somebody that's essentially a vegetable if your brain's ruined i'm i'm just horrified always that doctors don't give the patient that option that decision that knowledge that would you like to medicate with this but then you will lose this eventually or would you rather not be medicated and suffer with the symptoms and the flare-ups they sort of don't leave that decision to be up to the patient it's your life and you would think that's something that you should be told about didn't mention it and I was really horrified I was so upset I sent the article to my doctor I sent the article to my mom as well who is very supportive very lovely but she was very big on the you need medicine we need to go and see the doctor we need to go fix this this way because she's in the medical field and that was when I, I didn't know what I was going to do. I cried a lot. I prayed a lot. And that was pretty much, I just threw the medicine in the rubbish. As soon as I read that article, I was like, right then, well, this is not the path. This, this is clear. I don't know what the path is. But there was a lot of tears. There was a lot of prayer. And a couple of weeks later, I saw something pop up again on my laptop about a hypnotherapy, Marissa Peer, rapid transformational therapy, and how this was helping people overcome all sorts of different things. And I thought, well, I'll have a look. I mean, there's nothing to lose, is there? It's either this or lose brain cells. So let's have a look. And the first thing, I listened to one of her talks, and the first thing that happened, it was one about um, stopping sugar. And I'd always, I'm a big tea drinker, like I'll drink eight to 10 cups of tea a day. And I always used to have it with one and a half sugars, always. And that was the one thing that I couldn't give up. I could give up cake, I could give up chocolate, I could give up everything, but I could not give up sugar in my tea. And that I listened to one of her videos and the next morning I got up and I did not want sugar in my tea. And since that day, I've never had sugar in my tea again. That was it something clicked in my mind and I was like, right, no, I don't want that. It's not serving me and yeah, I don't need it. And it doesn't, I can, and I really enjoy the way I drink my tea now. And it's strange how the mind, you can, once you convince your mind, everything becomes really easy. You don't have vegans or vegetarians mm. going around being like, oh, I really fancy a burger, but I'm not, I'm not touching it. They're, they're quite comfortable. They don't fancy it. It doesn't cross their mind. Yeah, I think when the mind sees it as punishment to take away your sugar and punishment to not eat meat, it feels really difficult and there's a resistance and you want what you're not allowed. Yeah. But when you're convinced that it's harming you and you don't want it, you no longer crave it. Exactly. So when I saw this, I was like, oh, okay, so there's something in what she's saying. There's something there. Mm. So I... I decided to explore further. And at the time, I, I was listening to her and I would listen to her every single day religiously, you know, what she said about this, what she said about that. I was exploring it further. And I remember my son was about seven and he he started to recognize her voice. He's like, are you listening to Marissa Peer again? And I told him, I was like, actually, I'm thinking of training with her. I want to learn how to do what she does and see if that will help me. 
And he's like, yes, yes, you should do that, mum, because then you can help you and you can help other people too. It'll be great. Oh, bless him. To this day, he's like, aren't you glad I suggested you join this? Aren't you glad I suggested mm. you train? All of your success are put down to me and my suggestions. But um, so that was it. I started training in 2018. And during my training, I got a flare up and I panicked. And I was like, well, what am I going to do? I can't do the cortisone because I've decided I'm not going to. So, so what am I going to do? And I reached out to one of my colleagues who was also training or had just finished training. And she said, let's do a session. So she did a session on me specifically for the symptoms I was feeling. She made me a recording and I listened to it every day for 21 days and with no medication, with no cortisone, with no side effects, with no anything the symptoms disappeared. And I was like, oh my God, I found it. This is it. And I mm. carried on like doing RTT and RTT on people and learning new things. Like I learned through, after I learned about RTT, I found out that there are lots of other alternative medical solutions out there from energy medicine to nutrition, to movement, meditation, there's so many different things. And I was doing really, really well and, and everything was good until December 2021 when I was in Switzerland. I was in a little village called Gabel, close to St. Gallen. And I was walking to the village shop because I needed bits and pieces and I felt a heaviness in my right leg and I thought, oh, that's a bit strange. I've not had anything like this for for the last three or four years. You know, I've been fine. This is really weird. And when I got the next morning, when I woke up, I was paralyzed on the right side. And it, we'd had a snowstorm. So I was snowed in and I was staying at this lovely little Airbnb and I was paralyzed and it meant I couldn't drive, I couldn't make it to a bus station, I couldn't go anywhere. And because I was in Switzerland, I realized that, that going to the doctor or getting anything was going to be extremely expensive. And I thought, well, I've got time. I'm here for two weeks and I'm in this Airbnb for at least the next eight or nine days. So let me put my money where my mouth is. Let's see everything I haven't had anything everything else was minor and I used RTT to fix it how quickly can I overcome this paralysis because it wasn't just my right leg it was also my right arm which I'd not had before so this was this was like half my body was not working and I thought all right so I spoke to the Airbnb the the owner of the Airbnb and his wife they lived right next door and they're really lovely and he, he's a dream master. So he teaches lucid dreaming and dream traveling. And I was like, this is my plan. I'm not going to take any medication. I'm not going to go to a doctor. I'm not going to go and get an MRI done. But I'm going to use this knowledge that I have gathered over the last couple of years to heal this. And one of the things that I need to make sure that I take care of is my nutrition. So can you help me get to a supermarket? I need... I knew that I needed to rebuild nerves. So I knew that I needed green leafy vegetables and blueberries, pretty much. Those were the basics. And I needed to make sure I wasn't 
having any inflammation. So I cut out everything that could cause inflammation. So there was no, it was, it was basically a keto diet with an emphasis on um, kale, spinach, some other green leafy vegetable that was popular there and blueberries, a lot of blueberries. And he helped me, we got those. Then I thought, so I'm, I called a friend of mine and she did an RTT session on me. I did self-hypnosis as well. I started doing Joe Dispenza's meditations because I found him to be extremely inspirational. He managed to cure a broken back with six broken vertebrae using meditation. And I'm like, well, if he can do it, he was my four minute mile. My goodness. It's amazing also that nature has everything to heal us. And immediately we all jump to medicine, medication that's, you know, made in labs when nature has got everything provided. It's just knowing what to do, looking into it, taking that leap of faith. It's really about figuring out what works for you figuring out what works for your body mm. but there are certain things that work for most people and nutrition is a is a key one thoughts is another one mm. um visualization is an extremely important as well because while i was sitting there unable to move i would visualize myself walking i would visualize myself running i would visualize myself doing all of the things that i wanted to do so during i decided that i was going to use visualization rapid transformational therapy, nutrition, and meditation to fix things. And I thought, well, let's just double check as well. I got the I asked Andreas to find me if there were any energy healers in the village. And he said, oh, there's one, but he usually works with animals and he doesn't speak much English. And I was like, well, animals don't speak at all. We're fine. Yeah, bring him. And I just wanted him to tell me if there were any energetic blocks somewhere else. And he was like, no, it's all up here in your head area. And I'm like, all right, so it's definitely um, the MS. It's definitely that. If that's what he's saying, then this is the root cause of it. And for about a week, that's what I did. I was extremely excited because there was something inside of me that said, this is it. Like, this is it. You've got no distractions. Nobody can get to you. Nobody wants anything from you. You're not running. Everything's running itself. The businesses are running themselves. Everything's doing what they need to do. Your job is to heal. And I focused on doing that. And in a week, I could walk. I couldn't believe it. Like, I was so, no side effects, no anything. I could walk. And it was little steps in the beginning, just tiny steps. I made it to the supermarket and I could go around with the trolley for support. And I was really pleased. And three days after that, I was well enough to go to Zurich. And I'd always wanted to visit Zurich. And I walked around Zurich and I did 11,000 steps. Amazing. So you cracked it. I like that, like a detective, you were continuously getting to the next level really of cracking something so i developed a protocol because i wanted to make sure that anybody who's dealing with anything knows how to fix it and i called it my 10-step program so we start with visualization because even if you do absolutely nothing if yeah. you can visualize yourself well if you can see yourself well then you're halfway there then number two is nutrition because your body is a machine so depending on what you put in it you will get 
mm. an outcome, right? So if you give your body the very best fuel, it runs really, really well. If you give it really cheap, rubbishy fuel, it might run, but it might not run as well as you would like it to run. Yeah, just like a car, and it'll break down sooner than a car that you've taken care of. And even when you have a brand new car and you fill it with crap, yes. in the beginning, it will run all right because that's what it's meant to do. But eventually it breaks down. And I think that is what happens with our bodies when we're young, like when we're in our teens and 20s, we're eating the junk food and mm. we're eating all sorts of rubbish then the body still functions. We're still able to pull the all-nighters and do all of these things. But slowly, slowly, it begins to slow down. But because it's such a wonderful machine, the minute you start taking care of it and giving it good things, it starts repairing. Nothing is unfixable. Everything is fixable. Everything is figureoutable. You can figure it out. Yeah. Then... I tell people that they need to monitor their thoughts. They need to know what they're thinking because thoughts can make you sick. But the same way thoughts can make you sick, thoughts can also make you well. So we need to start focusing on those thoughts that make you well. And changing, we need to change the thoughts that are making you ill. So whatever it is that you're thinking, because thoughts are the language of the mind. But our thoughts will generate a feeling and the feelings are the language of the body. So if you're having a thought where nobody likes me, nobody loves me, then you're having this feeling of discomfort, this feeling of despair. And that translates into a malfunction in your body or a symptom in your body. Then I tell number four is energy medicine because everything in life is energy. Yeah, And once we change our energy or fix an energetic imbalance within us and it's it's not hard it's just little bits and pieces little tweaks here and there when we do that our body functions better and it was donna eden that that i learned this from she's phenomenal and she had ms and she fixed it with energy medicine and i'm like many paths lead to rome it's not just one and you can choose one of these things and it will heal it will heal you but when you combine it, you heal in like 10 days and walk 11,000 steps around Zurich. So it just compounds it. It makes it so much faster. Then there's meditation. And meditation, Joe Dispenza shows you the miracles that happen through meditation, through quieting your mind, through enjoying the generous present moment. Because it doesn't, just because you've been given a diagnosis does not mean that this is your future or that this is what your future is going to be. You get to decide what you want consciously. Instead of worrying about what if this happens, what if that happens, you start focusing on, I'm loving this moment. This is amazing. I wonder what comes next. And when you do that, you let go of the stress and the anxiety that, that, you you're holding on to when you're given the diagnosis and suddenly all the options become available to you and you can achieve anything go and find the one story of the person who has healed themselves and it's usually not just one story it's usually a lot of stories but if you're just looking up your illness or looking up the disease that you've been diagnosed with you're going to come up with all sorts of miserable things but if you only search for somebody who has healed this and fill your mind with that, then you see what's possible. And the moment the brain 
he is, what is possible, you plant that seed of maybe I can do it too. And the moment you've planted the seed of maybe I can do it too, you're halfway there. Yeah. Movement is extremely important, whether it's walking or dancing, whatever it is, you've got to move your body. You've got to use it or you lose it. Number seven is novelty. Your brain likes nutrition and it likes novelty. And novelty means learning new things. Anything mm -hmm. that's new, training your brain, whether it's Sudoku, learning to play an instrument, learning a new language, learning about healing. For me, it was learning about healing. That's what I used to do every single day. I would learn about different ways to heal. And it keeps your brain active. And it also gives it a chew toy because it will go to the worst case scenario. We are, we are conditioned to do that. What if I never walk again? What if this is my life? Great steps, great tips. Which ones are left? We've reached. Oh, so we've got sunshine. So you need to get make sure you get enough sunshine every single day, whether it's cloudy, whether it's bright. Get yourself out into the sunshine. You need to do the best thing to do is sunrise, sunlight, sunset, repeat, because that will regulate not only your serotonin but also your melatonin production. So it will help you sleep better at night. Mm, yeah. Nine is emotions. You need to check your emotions. What are you feeling? Why are you feeling them? And Louise Hay has a lovely book on you can heal your life. And yeah. she'll tell you in her alchemy of healing, what symptom is related to what feeling and it might be true for you, maybe you're a little bit different, but it gives you an idea of where to look. And number 10, and this is extremely powerful is fasting. When something goes wrong, like with animals, whenever they're sick, the first thing they do is stop eating. True. Because what happens is when we stop eating, our body goes into a state of ketosis. And when we're in ketosis, we have 400 times the energy, which means that there's more energy to fix what's broken. Also, when we're in ketosis and we're fasting, our body does two amazing things. One's called autophagy and the other's called apoptosis. Autophagy is where the body eats the cells that aren't working. And apoptosis is where it eats the cancer cells. So it's, it's phenomenal. The body is truly built to heal. And I think that's why religions have been telling us for, for thousands of years to fast. Mm. They're always like fast yes. as a form of worship. And I think it's because it's in their best. I mean, you need to be functioning, right? Yeah. I mean, your body needs time. Dr. Courtney Hunt is another amazing woman who's who's helping people all over the world. And her protocol is um, sunshine, ketosis and fasting and supplement, of course, because you need the nutrition. But she's helped people reverse things that I never thought were reversible, like women that had issues with their ovaries and now ovulating again and having babies, healthy, wonderful, amazing babies the you know how when somebody has an issue with their thyroid they end up with these bags under their eyes and and that's it they don't usually go away mm -hmm. i've seen people where those have completely disappeared wow so i find her extremely fascinating and the work that she does extremely fascinating and i do i do fasting now that's one of the things that i add into things that i do sometimes i'll do a 24-hour fast a 48-hour fast i try to reduce the amount of um unhealthy food that i eat you know and give my body the very best because i want it to function i want it to do really well well natasha this has been the most fascinating chat ever i could talk to you all day 
It's such an inspirational story. It's wonderful to see you looking so healthy, helping so many other people to do so. And I hope that your story gives so many people hope, just like that doctor gave you hope, to just get on and carry on with their life. And there is a way, there is a way that they can change things around, live a healthier life. And those 10 steps are truly brilliant. I think they need to get out to the world and, you know, they're logical, they're simple, we can all do them. Uh, but put together, they are phenomenal. I hope you found this episode valuable. And if you did, please share it with others and rate the podcast five stars so that I can continue to get incredible guests who have amazing stories to share with you. If you enjoyed this, you might also like the topics I cover in my blog on my website, ranyakurdi.com. And you can join my newsletter to keep you updated once a month with helpful links and advice. And thank you for being here with me on Breaking Free.